AAT Birds Weekly Report is the Eagle News, notes, and analysis you need. to another edition of the AAT Birds Weekly Report. I, myself, Johnny Uleka, is joined, as always, by Chip, at Chip for the Birds, and we have special guest J.C. Allen, at J.C. Allen NFL uh, for Bucks game day. It's the third time you've been on. Um, not, many, not many guests we've had on a couple times. Oh, Chip's going to go into the... Because uh, you know what? We already had J.C. talking some smack <laughs> in the green room. Now, I'm going to be a, a wonderful co-host with you, Johnny, and let our guest talk about the smack that he is so introducing himself with. So, JC, why is it that you love our show the best again, you said? Uh, you know, it, it, it's it's a chill place to hang out. Uh, we talk a lot of good sports, great listeners on here. But mostly, whenever I come on here, the Bucks win against the Eagles. So, 2-0 so far in two shows. We're looking to make it 3-0 in this show. So, Johnny clearly has not done a great job vetting our guests because <laughs> – if he looked at the analytics of every time that we brought you on, JC, and we, we saw that. Yeah, I, I, the thing is, I don't like analytics. I think it's the stupidest thing. I think you can use it very, very moderately. You don't need to use Iron it. Left would get along. So <laughs> we are like an old married couple. Come on. But I will say that, I mean, JC, you are a phenomenal guest. And you guys are, you know, Tom Brady and O against us when you've been on our show. So we are definitely going to uh, see what the, the baker, the baker man can bring you. This year, this time around. Um, so welcome back. You are, you know, you're hat tricking it up with us. Absolutely. And right away, I got to ask because I, I thought that the drop off from last year to this year was going to be significant. And I think on paper, a lot of people wrote off the bucks because you're, you're dealing with, I don't want to say a quarterback controversy, but you went out and you got Baker Mayfield in an attempt to kind of keep the seat warm for, for, for future quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden you're, you're two and oh, so what were the expectations of the Buccaneers going into the season and have they been altered at all based on the first couple of weeks of the season? Well, it depends. I mean, I don't expect you to be like following the Buccaneers closely. You know, I try not to. All right, exactly. <laughs> so um, if you're just looking at national media stuff, yeah, you probably thought the Bucks were going to be horrendous in the Caleb Williams sweepstakes with the likes of, you know, Chicago and the Rams and obviously the Cardinals. Um, but if you were on the local beat, which is I am, you, you just looked at the team and said, there's way, way, way too much talent on this team for them to lose that many games, to lose more games than the Cardinals, the Texans, the Bears. Etc. So uh, you look at Mike Evans, Chris Godwin on on the offense. You look at guys like Christian Wirfs on the offense and the defensive side of the ball. Vita Vea, Levante David, Devin White, Shaq Barrett, 
Carlton Davis, Jamel Dean, Antoine Winfield Jr., the the little pickups they made with Ryan Neal, who was the best safety in all of football, according to Pro Football Focus last year. Um, you, you look at some of the things that the uh, ascension of Rashad White being able to take over that top spot um, on, on as running back. So I just looked at this team and thought, if they can get quality quarterback play from Baker Mayfield at the time or Kyle Trask, which it was Baker's job to lose the entire time, sure. but um, the new offensive coordinator and his system was a big thing too that I looked at and was like, okay, this is a system that is very, very player friendly on the offense, the offensive linemen, the wide receivers, the running backs, tight ends, quarterbacks, etc. cetera. Um, it, it makes it very simplistic uh, and very easy to operate and kind of foolproof um, while also being modern and being able to do a lot of things out of one certain look. So, um, you know, the biggest thing he brought over was that quarterback competition between Trask and Baker. Um, at the start, it was Baker's, you know, Baker's job to lose. In the beginning, Trask started to heat up a little bit. Baker turned up, answered the call, answered that pressure, and really kind of ran away with it um, after that first preseason game. But one of the biggest things it did is not only pushed both of those guys, but it gave this team, if Baker did struggle, if, if Baker does get injured, well, now with all the first-team reps that Kyle Trask has had, this isn't a, a team that says, nope. Oh, Season's over, you know. They have enough comfortability, enough respect, and enough, um, you know, faith in Kyle Trask that they can stay above water, or or they can actually, um, you, you know, compete with Kyle Trask. So it was a good thing. But I think the system is one of the biggest things that made me buy in and made me believe that this team can be a, a, a especially in a downtrodden in NFC uh, South and an NFC as a as a total. I mean, all the quarterbacks left of the AFC, you know? So um, yeah. I, I thought there was the opportunity for them to really compete. And I, I never thought they were going to be a bottom, you know, two, bottom three, bottom five team uh, with all the talent they had left. So it kind of depends on who you ask. That's closer to the team. We realized it's not happening. National media was like, well, they don't have Tom Brady. They're going to suck. And that right. was shoulder too, you know, for the last three years, it's been Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. Well, what about the Buccaneers? You know, we are the Buccaneers. And they're, they've been, you know, came out angry, hungry with a chip on their shoulder to prove, hey, we're the Buccaneers. We don't need Tom Brady. We thank him for everything he did. He brought a Super Bowl, brought relevancy, two straight NFC championships, three trips to the playoffs in three straight years. But we can still do this without him. We've got plenty of talent, plenty of guys on this team. So when, when I take a look at the Bucs and, you know, two things that stand out is – you look at their offensive line, and it's different than it's been in years past. Right. Uh, you take a look at a player like Tristan Wirfs, who's been there, but on the right side now is on the left side. You have a guy like Donovan Smith, who's no longer on on that on the team. You know, it's forward for them. He's been there for a long time. I've always liked him because he is a Penn Stater. So for me, there's always been a little connection there. I always like to see him do well. He's with the Chiefs. Uh, Ryan Jensen, the one of the one of the best centers in the league the last couple of seasons, unfortunately hurt and yeah, you know, basically it looks like it's about over for him. It's a career for him, yeah, likely. Um, and then uh, I believe Shaq Mason was on the team last year at guard. Uh, so there's a little bit of a shuffle there with the offensive line. Now, when you look at the first two weeks for the for the Buccaneers, they played the Vikings and they played the Bears. Defensive lines at uh, okay, but. There's there it's nothing like they're gonna see on Monday night with the Eagles. So right. my question for you is looking at that offensive line, do you think one of the biggest matchups is the Eagles line versus this <laughs> offensive line to get pressure on Baker? Uh, absolutely, absolutely. And I think um 
the, the funny thing about this is both of these teams are dynamic against the run, right? They're right. one and two, 54 yards a game, 52 yards a game right there. Uh, these Both of these teams do not let teams run the ball on them. Shockingly enough, the Buccaneers, with that rookie right guard, with that second-year uh, right tackle, Luke Gedeke, who was benched midway through the season at left guard because he just wasn't at, wasn't doing the job well enough. Um, you know, they have been light light years ahead in pass blocking than they have in in run blocking, which bodes well for them because you know that front seven, or at least the the defensive line and the edge rushers uh, for the Eagles are dynamic group. They can really get after you in a multitude of ways. They have depth that can get after you. Um, and it will present a problem. I'm not saying it won't, but you know, Luke Gedeke coming off last week, he had to go up against Yannick Nagagwe a lot and Demarcus Walker. Uh, he put up the ninth best pass blocking score um, out of out of anybody in the NFL. Uh, Cody Malk, the the second the rookie at right guard, he put up one of the best pass blocking grades at right guard. And I mean, again, we're talking about you know. Philip Harrison and and some of these other guys that are not Fletcher Cox, Jordan Davis, and Jalen Carter. Big difference there. Um, but I think it kind of plays into what the Bucks are going to want to do. Obviously, both of these teams are going to want to establish the run, but these quick passing lanes, quick pass, you know, for both of these teams, I think, um, is going to be critical. And with their, you know, they rank ninth overall according to pff this past week to the ninth best offensive line in the nfl which i did not have coming i thought they'd be in a big question mark trishan worse is trishan worse not worried about him anyone's lining up on him you're gonna have a, a fun day getting blocked you know <laughs> it's just kind of that simple you might get by once or twice but he's not gonna give up a sack most likely um so it, it's gonna be a really interesting matchup and on the flip side you know this eagles line is one of the better lines if not one of the best lines in the nfl they haven't played like it the, the past two weeks, letting up four sacks to the Minnesota Vikings last week. Daniel Hunter getting three of those. Luke Gedeke, the aforementioned right tackle, made the switch of left guard, who you know has less than ideal arms, only let up one sack. And really, that wasn't a sack on him. That was more of a, a sack from Baker, just not getting rid of the ball. Pocket collapsed and kind of got confused by the way Brian, Brian Flores ran that defensive system at him. So... It's one of these things where it's going to be a really fun matchup. I, I really think I mentioned this in the green room. Um, you know, you asked me before the season start, this is a bad loss for the Bucks. Yep. You ask me now, I think these teams I think these teams match up really well against each other. It's weird, you know, but that's that's just the Eagles haven't been on since the beginning of the season and the Bucks have turned it on. Well, and I think that kind of you know leads me to what I want to bring up, which is, you know, I, I always like to talk about potential ceilings for a team. So obviously the Eagles that we expect that their ceiling is a Super Bowl contender. Um, yes. They played in the Super Bowl last year. The roster got better in a lot of places. The, the development of players. I mean, the expectations in Philadelphia are that this team is a Super Bowl team. Are the Bucks right now kind of playing at a level where everyone expects them or is their ceiling? even higher. Like what is the end goal for this Tampa Bay Bucks team this season? I know we all want to say, you know, Super Bowls, but what is a yeah. realistic goal for this team? I think winning the division. Okay. Um, for me, I think their ceiling, I have their ceiling as a wild card weekend, um, you know, wild card weekend upset, you know, moving on to that divisional round and then mm -hmm. probably getting beat 
by a better team there. I, I think that would be a successful season for this team. You got to think about it too. Like the last two years, Todd Bowles uh, obviously didn't get to pick his own team at all. Not even his coordinators the first year because Bruce Aaron stepped down like April 30th. So the team was already put together. Didn't get to implement anything he wanted to do this year. He finally gets to put his own coaching staff on it. But guess what? 42% of your cap space is eaten up by people who won't even play on this team this year. So we're going to put 13 rookies, six of them undrafted on this team and say, win with these young guys. You want to get younger and faster? <laughs> Good luck, you know? But those guys have been balling out. Again, Cody Mock is a starter. Kalaja Kansi, he's dealing with calf strain. But when he played those 11 snaps, he made an impact. And you could see that. So their first round draft pick, once he's healthy, He's going to be a problem. Christian Izian is already probably one of the better nickel cornerbacks in the league and is undrafted free agent from Rutgers. Two straight interceptions. Um, he's made some really clutch tackles. Uh, it's just always by the ball. Uh, then they've got a lot of guys who are contributing on special teams and rotational roles as well. Trey Palmer, touchdown his first week. Um, he's act acting as that wide receiver three, rotating kind of with Devontae um, uh, Devin Tompkins, but he's edged him out in snaps both two games. Sean Tucker, uh, undrafted rookie for agent running back. He's he's got so much potential. There's probably one of the fastest guys on the team. So they've they've added all those, but still he wasn't able to go out there and say, I want this guy or I want that guy and spend the money and build his own team. So, you know, with that being said, I, I think when you look at this Bucks team, you know, once they're able to do that, the biggest thing is quarterback. If Baker's that guy, right. We pay him and you're all set. Now you can start to build that team around him, but that, that's going to be a big part of it. And if they can get to that divisional, you know, round, um, it's going to be a selling point. Like, okay, the Bucks got something here, you know? And I think that's, that's what they would like to, obviously they want to win a Super Bowl, but win the division, you know, maybe upset in the wild card, get to the divisional round would be, would be, I think make fans ecstatic, honestly. Right. So when, when I take a look also at the injury situation, now, of course, both teams are dealing with, uh, some sort of, of injury woes when you look at uh, the reports, especially from last week. Now, going into this week, hopefully the Eagles are able to get James Bradbury and Reed Blankenship back for their secondary because you're going up against uh, two very talented receivers in Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Now, when you look at the opposite side, what's the health status on Carlton Davis and some of the other injuries? Like you said, Kalijah Kansi has a uh, calf strain. Uh, right. Other injuries for the Bucks that would be concerning um in terms of matchup wise with the eagles in their positions yeah so carlton davis is likely to miss this game with turf toe he's dealing with that uh that he suffered week <laughs> week one uh we know that's usually a three-week minimum type of injury to heal from uh i don't think he plays again until after the bye week you don't you know especially with the way zion mccullum stepped in made some good plays made some got bailed out by some of the teammates um but i think they'll probably sit him this game and next game um, I don't expect him to be back. The Buccaneers just elevated. They put Chase Emmons on injured re injury uh, injured reserve, so they'll be using Akeishon Vaughn as that number three running back. But to take his place while he's on IR, they signed uh, defensive lineman Patrick O'Connor to the active roster. Now they have seven defensive linemen on their on their active roster right now. Obviously, Kalaja Kansi's injured. I think to me that says they didn't want to burn his second elevation. And Kalaja Kansi might not be ready to go. Um, so I wouldn't expect Kalaja Kansi. We'll see how it, he progresses during the week. There's a chance week one he only practiced Friday and played. There's a chance that could be a similar situation that happens this week. But if I'm the Eagles, I'm counting on Carlton Davis definitely being out and potentially Kalaja Kansi as well. Other than that, this team is fairly healthy. Um, Savassier Dennis might not go. Backup linebacker dealing with a hamstring. He's a 
rookie fifth round pick is kind of like that number four you know linebacker on the team right now special teams only um so i mean that's not a huge loss for them um but i think i think that's what you're looking at really no one else came out of that game really banged up or dealing with anything um so yeah, I know on your side, you just lost Avante Maddox second straight week in a row that the Buccaneers will be going up against a team that lost their starting uh, nickelback. Unfortunately, the bears lost their starter and their backup and had to elevate some dude from the practice squad. I don't think you guys are at that level yet, but we are not. Um, no. Well, the bears yeah, are at their so. own, their, their own worst enemy, their own mess. So they're, they're a <laughs> whole dumpster a fire story. over in Chicago. A different story, but yeah. So I think, you know, two big key members missing from the secondary for both teams. You know, um, Avante Maddox, I think he's not the best corner in the world, but he's a hustle player. And if Very they want to but too small yeah. to be that physical, I, you know, that's what, unfortunately that's what yeah, it's just, it's just a true yeah, it's great as, as nickel. And if they decide they want to, you know, play around and put, uh, Evans played a lot in the slot last week. If they want to put Chris Godwin in the slot, it's going to be a very difficult matchup for their backup. Yeah, and I think, you know, looking at you, – you touched on this earlier, the idea of, you know, our offensive line being one of the best in football. And we – I mean, that's kind of where we've settled down. Even when we lost players, you know, we have the best offensive line coach in football, and he's yeah. just constantly turning out quality offensive linemen. So looking at, you know, who's missing versus who's healthy, our offense is pretty stinking healthy at this point. So with your specific defensive – Injuries and what you have they rolling out. Does the Buccaneers defense have enough to slow what can be an exceptionally potent Eagles offense? Yeah, I, I think obviously we'll talk about we talked about the run defense, right? I, I don't think um Kalaja Kansi's not going to make a big make or break. He's more of that pass rushing guy. He's not he's still learning how to be a run defender in the NFL. You know, he's undersized. Great effort, um, but you know I don't think their run defense is going to make or break without him. What I think really is working in the Bucks' favor um, is that offensive line hasn't played the best it can to its ability. But Jalen Hurts, according to you know, you look at Dante Culpepper and um, or Donovan McNabb rather, you know he's saying that he's sixty to seventy percent. And when you watch the last two weeks. He doesn't look like the same guy who brought you guys to the Super Bowl last year. So, you know, if he's banged up a little bit, that takes a little bit away from their, I think, their ability to to move the ball effectively, especially with even though Carlton Davis is going to be out, Jamel Dean's still a really good cover corner. Um, and, and I think they have the, the they can put the pressure on to kind of we saw what they did last week with Jay, with Justin Fields, limiting him as a rusher, one of the most dangerous rushers in the league as a quarterback. Jalen Hurts right there is a really dynamic runner. If they can limit him and make him more of a pocket guy and get that interior pressure um, and to kind of collapse the, the pocket and, and push him to the outside, not to run, but to just start, try to scramble and Shaq and Joe Trinshenka looked, um, Barrett looked amazing last week. You know, it, it could be a situation where he's thrown off his game. And I think that's part of the reason why I think this could be a lot closer game than what many expected going into this week. Um, like I said, the Bucks defense is playing lights out. I don't see them slowing down or stopping. They've found a way to limit Jalen Hurts the last two times they've played him. Um, so, you know, obviously new offensive coordinator over there for you guys. So maybe it's a little bit different. Uh, but I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm talking myself into this more and more the more I kind of do, you know, tape and so write my articles about it. It's really funny listening to you talk yourself into this because I remember the – 
Eagles playoff game against Tampa Bay, we did the same thing. We talked ourselves into, oh man, if it was anybody, like let's let's make it Tampa Bay because that's the team that we have a chance beating. And this is what, and it's and then you know it was Jalen Hurts's first playoff game, and he looked very much like a first time playoff quarterback. And it's it's just very reminiscent of that. Hearing the way you talk now again, not saying that anything that you're saying is not going to come to fruition and be true. It's just amazing the difference that a couple of years can make in the NFL <laughs> or Tom Brady, <laughs> or Tom Brady or Tom Brady. So I like, I think another thing that I want to bring up is when the Eagles played that playoff game. And after the fact you saw the, you know, the defenders for the, especially the secondary for the bucks saying, and Todd Bowles even saying, I believe was, you know, can't read defenses, can't read defense. To, to me, you definitely know that's in the back of Jalen's mind. He's determined. And, you know, he's the type of person when he's determined to do something and to show, um, he pretty much does it. And to me, I think there's extra motivation on his part to go back to where that game ended, your first playoff loss where you played not very good at all to then – Basically, that's one more box he wants to check to make sure that, you know, it's not the same team. We know that we understand that, but it is the same, um, the same head coach, a lot of the same defensive secondary. There is still the same defenders, a lot of the same defenders still there. Um, but something that he hits probably on his mind that he wants to, I'm not going to say it publicly, but of course it is a box that he wants to check to be able to show, Hey, listen, we're not the same team. Yes, the offense has struggled, but when you take a look at like the team offensive snaps, now the offense is not clicking by any means. Yet, no, they're averaging what twenty eight or twenty nine points a game, and I'm not even. Yeah, I'm not even worried about the way that they're averaging points. I'm worried about the way they look right now. This Eagles offense is not doing what it it, it's supposed to be doing. No, they're not. And I think you know to counter Jalen's motivation, the Bucks are playing at home. They only have one Monday night game all year long. Everyone gets a Thursday night game, so it doesn't really matter. They have one primetime game. This is their only primetime game. We're at home. We're being counted out. You know, we're six and a half point underdogs. Nobody thinks we can beat this team. They went to the Super Bowl last year. There's going to be motivation on both sides. So I don't know how much motivation is going to is going to factor into it. You know, teams that they're still kind of say so you look at the power rankings. Some people still have them. You know, in the 20s right now, behind the Falcons, behind the Saints. You know, they, they have plenty of motivation. Again, this isn't the same team. This is not Brady and the Bucks. This is the Buccaneers. We're a cohesive unit. So I think the motivation is going to be on both sides. It's just going to come down to who executes better. Um, both of these teams are going to get pressure on the quarterback. Both of these teams have a dynamic outside wide receivers. Both of these teams have, have questions in the running game. Obviously, you know, I, I, I think the DeAndre Swift kind of, uh, he went off last week and, and definitely did better than what Rashad White did but I, I i'm not sure you look at these two running games historically the eagles have had a really good running game but uh they haven't gone up a defense like the bucks um i i just think this this these two teams again i i think on paper if you were looking at these two teams next to each other you'll count the eagles every single day um but fortunately the game isn't played on paper and from the eye test and what i've seen the first two weeks you know the eagles look like they can be beaten I'm not saying they will be. I just say they look like they can be beaten. 
And the Buccaneers have been playing good enough football where if they can do the right things, the defense holds them to under 20 points, the offense can get 20 points. It's one of these situations where there's a chance where before I would say there's no chance. So with that, you know, talking about the game, I want to get two different predictions from you. So uh, I'm not sure if you want to do a game prediction and give I us. We could do. Oh, he that already gave me a score. I already know what he's doing. And then, and then we can do something we call the Uleka lock. Basically, is something that it's like a stone cold lock, but named a little differently. Uh, it doesn't have to be this game. It could be any game on the NFL slate. It could even be a college game. Whatever you think is definitely gonna happen. Okay. Um, so this week's score prediction, um, like I said, I think this is a team that can be beaten. Um, and I think the Bucks have been playing extraordinary football. Uh, you know, do just coming from where they are, they got this offensive install, the full install in the offense isn't even in yet. They're still learning the playbook. They're still learning this offense. It's been a very slow install. There's still things that the offensive coordinator is holding back from. Because, you know, he just doesn't feel like the offense is ready to go. Uh, the defense has been playing the lights out. You know, the the Eagles offense hasn't playing well. We've recapped all that. You know, however, I still think this is the game the Eagles win. I do. I do. Um, I think it's going to be really close, though. I'm going 23-20 to 20 Eagles. It's going to – the Eagles are going to win this game, but it's going to make pundits around the league pause on both of these teams. Say, wow, is this Eagles team for real? Do they have a Super Bowl hangover? Yes, they're 3-0, but they've done it very sloppily. Is there? Can they start to pull away later in the season and really kind of have those signature wins? Um, and other people are going to say, well, this Bucks team hung with the Eagles. And it could be something where the Eagles win late, right? Bucks are up. Right. The Eagles come back and they win late. Maybe the Bucks are up by a touchdown late. And the Eagles, you know, come back, get that final touchdown and win the game. I think it's kind of that situation. Um, where the Bucks almost have it, but there's a lot to build on from this. You know, it's a lot to build on from the loss. Whereas the Eagles, it's not a it's not a pretty win. You take it, you get on to the next one, but there's a lot of like we've got a we've got some soul searching to do because like we should not we should not have almost lost the Buccaneers, um, you know, type deal. So I think it's close. 23-20. Um Eagles win this one. As far as my Uleka lock this week. Oh, let me see. I probably should have said it before when in the green room. Give you some time to think, but uh, you just put me on the spot here, Johnny. On the spot. Johnny Uleka on the spot. <laughs> um, give me one second. Um, I think I'm gonna go with we'll keep it NFL because I don't do college too much. My lock this week is going to be oh, Cowboys over Cardinals. All day. Take the points. Take the money line. Cowboys over Cardinals. Yeah, that's a pretty easy one. I, I agree with you. I'm gonna stick with easy. I'm not gonna go. I'm not gonna go on a limb. You know. No, there's <laughs> there's no point. If you do that, you end up like me, and you haven't gotten one right this year. <laughs> I will say, I'll give you. I'll, I'll look real quick and give you give you an upset too. Let me Ooh. see. Ooh, okay. Upset special. We're gonna go with the. Commanders over the Bills. Really? Wow. Bills haven't looked right. That's and an Sam Howell looks like legit. Yeah, it's that's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. Um, I'm definitely, <laughs> if, if that happens, definitely interesting. Um, but no, 
is it JC? Thank you for joining us as always. Um, maybe we'll see you uh, sometime in January. If these teams meet, meet up at the playoffs. Now here's the thing. The only way we see him in January is if the Eagles win this week, if the Eagles lose this week, JC, it has been phenomenal talking to you, but you're never coming back on our show again. I'm sorry. <laughs> At least during an Eagles Bucks week, it just can't happen. Uh, that's funny. Yeah, okay. you know, maybe I bring the team good luck. Who knows? <laughs> the key stat that matters, right? Is yes, I cover the Bucks. Um, but the key stat that matters that you guys have over me: we're one and one in Super Bowls. You know, we're one and one, except my quarterback didn't throw up in one. So. Hey, 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 there's a lot more with that, but, um, we won't get into that now, (laughs) but no, I said, JC, thank you again. You do great work. Where can everyone find you? And just so, you know, give your, uh, plug your socials and all. Yeah, absolutely. Find me on Twitter at JCN NFL. Um, we one-stop shop for all things Bucks, whether it's my content, whether it's polls, whether it's weekly stuff like that, anything the Bucks or stat analytics. If you're one of those fans that just want to keep up with football, if the Eagles disappeared, you'd still be a football fan and you want to just know what's going on at all times with teams around the league. Give me a follow. I always appreciate that, especially this week if you want to be dialed in. Um, you can find all my work at Bucks Game Day, uh, powered by Sports Illustrated. So at Bucks Game Day. Um, and other than that, guys, it's always a blast to come on here and chop it up with y'all. Uh, hopefully, I won't be back ever again. Eagles <laughs> 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 week, but if uh, if I'm not, it's it's certainly been a blast chilling with you guys. JC, appreciate you, man. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. So, so my. My biggest concern going into this game, like the injuries are something that the Eagles did not have to deal with last season. And it's injuries that I'm actually concerned about over the course of the remaining part of the season. Like again, Avante Maddox, it's, it's a loss. You know, that's, that's a loss. We have questions still at the, the linebacker position. Now I think we had players play pretty darn well last week, but it's still a question mark. And now you're starting to see, you know, other injuries popping up. I will say the biggest move that the Eagles could have made. I was about to say, we could bring up the move oh. later, but too. Aaron Sipos is gone. Aaron Sipos is gone. Brady and unlike the rest of the NFL, who is kind of poaching Eagles players, ain't nobody signed Aaron Sipos. We'll have to see about that. But I was a little surprised. I thought the Eagles would use the third elevation. Uh, he's him, bad he but, plays bad there's no more elevations needed it's bad like uh sirianni did talk about it and they did mention what led into it and uh, you know you brought him in you know with the season knowing everything and all that and he said well you know we talked and just mutually it just wasn't a fit and which which we knew that so braden Mann, who they did work out who they were interested last year in um who was released by the steelers after the preseason he is now the Eagles punter, so they will most likely elevate him. I'm not sure if they're going to do the three three elevation and then decide whether or not he's good. Probably that's what they're going to do, but uh, he will be one elevation. Now, a couple other things that happened as well. They did work out veteran corner William Jackson the third. Nothing on that front came about. I was a little surprised that they may sign him to the practice squad. They signed Taiwan Mullen to the practice squad, a nickel corner out of Indiana who was with the Chargers in the preseason. So they added him to the practice squad. Brady Russell, the tight end, was signed by the Seahawks. So another open spot, which Kyron Johnson, the linebacker who's been on and off the practice squad a couple times already, he is back. 
Uh, they I would Avante Maddox, which we knew that with the pec injury. It was happening. going to most likely miss the season. Um, if it's a partial tear, there is hope that maybe he comes back in the playoffs. If it's a full tear, there's no way he does come back. So, of course, that's something you have to keep an eye on. But they put him on IR. They elevate Britton Covey to the 53, which uh, you don't have That's to his last that. elevation, right? Well, no, no, no. He's now signed to the 53. Got it. It wasn't his third. It was... So he is now on the 53 man roster, which to me, I do know that Quez Watkins did have a hamstring injury. I think this is just, just in case to have an extra wide receiver body, not to have to use, they can use an, an elevation for a different player, whatever that may be. Maybe it's a, um, you know, somebody else on the practice squad there, but, and they signed a running back, uh, Bryant, uh, Kobach from, I believe he was from Toledo, played with the Vikings and the Seahawks training camp stuff. Just another body to have on there. Um, on the practice squad, you know, with Trey Sermon now being released from IR and signing with the Indianapolis Colts, you don't have an option to bring another running back. So for me, it's, you know, that's all good and well. It's, of course, the practice squad's always going to evolve. I do expect them. I, I do think that they're going to go after a veteran nickelback corner. I understand yeah. you have Mario Goodrich there. I know James Bradbury was training in the slot in preseason and you have Josh Job you can put on the outside and things like that. I think the biggest thing was not having I like I know this is Job's second year. He was with the team last year. You know, give him the opportunity, but not having another veteran corner to be able uh -huh. to step in in multiple positions whether it's in the slot, whether it's on the outside, whatever it may be. I think that's a little tough and that's why I I expected them to sign a veteran to the practice squad just to have yeah. somebody because you want somebody with the experience uh, who can play inside outside because listen, this game is grueling. We said it multiple times and I'm going to keep bringing it up probably a lot this year. This team isn't going to stay as healthy as it was last year. That's just not the way it's going to happen. We know that. And we are already seeing it. You're seeing it with Nicobe Dingo and IR. You're seeing it with Avante Maddox now on IR you having to bring up guys, Nicholas Morrow, Mario Goodrich, guys that are going to have to step up. It's just the the way that it is. So, you know, Kenny Gainwell going out, DeAndre Swift coming in, making a big impact. Um, you know, it's it's going to be interesting. But looking at this game on Monday night, and I think a lot of people talking themselves into the Bucks. Right. To me, it's it's who the Bucks have played. Like I understand Eagles played the Vikings as well. Um but Kirk Cousins had 344 yards on them and still lost by three. So it's, and I, I don't think you can look at week one, you know, I mean, yeah. I think you have to, for the purpose of standings, but when a lot of the time starters aren't playing in the preseason, I don't think week one is a fair assessment. You know, well, the we, bears are just straight garbage. The bears are a bad football team. Justin Fields is not an NFL quarterback. And did I've been you, saying that for years, did you see the, uh, the video, uh, Brian Baldinger did it. His breakdown. Yeah, he can't read it off. That's and a guy that can't read it all. A defense. The running Rashawn Johnson, the running back, was running straight down the field, wide open, and it was an easy throw there. If he doesn't make the touchdown, which he probably would just walk in for a touchdown, he would get a big gain. What did he do? He just crept up in the pocket, got sacked. So, uh, to me, I understand Jalen's had. He's been a little quick sometimes out of the pocket to run and do different things and certain things. Uh, he's a totally different quarterback. And I feel if there's something open like that, Jalen's going to take it. And I, I understand they have a, a nickel corner who's playing great. Everything along the lines of that, a rookie undrafted guy, but 
if you're putting Zion McCollum and stuff like that and not Carlton Davis, it's going to be the Eagles have far too many offensive weapons. You know, we were able to show you when we put an actual running back one next to Jalen Hurts. DeAndre Swift absolutely went off this past weekend. Goddard got his catches. Devontae Smith got catches. A.J. Brown didn't get as many catches. You know, Jalen Hurts played better football. I think a lot of the issue right now on our offensive side of the ball is Brian Johnson just trying to figure it out. If he figures it out, there's not a lot of teams in football when we are healthy that can stop us. And looking at this Bucks team, they don't have the firepower to keep up with us. Now, we you were mentioning a lot about the idea of signing a veteran corner, bringing a veteran corner up. You know, this week we're going up against Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. If there's an injury to Slay or Bradbury, those are two solidly, really, really great wide receivers. Washington, I'm not necessarily worried about. Los Angeles, I'm not necessarily worried about. The New York Jets with Zach Wilson playing quarterback, I'm not worried about. But then we got Miami. <laughs> we got Dallas two weeks after that. We got Kansas City a week after, two weeks after that. Buffalo, San Francisco, Dallas again. Like we've got some teams coming up that can sling the ball. So we're going to need to add quality veteran firepower in order to slow these teams down. No, I, I, I agree with you. And like I said, I'm going to give you my quick, I think the Eagles win 27, 20 and my Uleka lock is Jalen goes for two fifty and two touchdowns and one rushing touchdown. Yeah. I have the Eagles winning uh 28, 21. I think they get a full touchdown victory. Um, my, you like a lock. I'm not going to, I'm not going to stick with this game because you know, I've, I've tried doing that before. So Johnny, when you come back and you figure it out, my, you like a lock is I'm going to go over. Oh God. I'm going to go over to the Cowboys Cardinals game. And I do feel that the Cowboys Dak Prescott, who has still got a little chip on his shoulder, uh, is going to throw the ball for over. 350 yards against just a really bad Cardinals team. Um, so again, Dak Prescott throws for over 350 yards against a really bad Cardinals team as they straight up mollywop them. Um, again, big thank you to JC Allen for coming on. Um, as always, I mean, he's just, he's a phenomenal guest and he's been on our show quite a few times at this point. Don't forget, we have a ton of really phenomenal, phenomenal sponsors. Um, but make sure you check out Philly Sports Trips. There is still room uh, in that bus for the commanders game. So you want to check that out. AAT sports sends you as always for sponsored by stuff to the grills, Vinny's pizza, manscaped, all these great, amazing places. We have an all state sponsor at this point. So make sure you are checking out all those wonderful people. Um, and as we end every show here on the AAT sports network and AAT birds weekly report, a very positive and very happy and Monday night, we will see you in a very big, uh, go birds. Where hey, for all the eagle content you need, go follow All About the Birds, they do a damn thing. Check them out. Hey, Eagles fans, I may be in Tampa, but I know where to find the best Eagles content out there. Check out my friends at All About the Birds, Philadelphia. What's up? This is your boy Freddie Mitchell, aka Fred X. It's all about the bird, all birds, all the time. All birds all the time. All About the Birds provides you with weekly analysis, game recaps, informative interviews, and it's all birds all the time.